Hey there, and welcome back to the Mini Weekend. I'm your host, Jack. Cheers, Mini. So, before we uh, get into uh, just here for the beer, uh, first and foremost, just want to uh, say to everybody, I hope and uh, I pray that everybody had a safe, uh, happy, and healthy uh, Christmas or holidays, whatever you celebrate. Um, obviously there was no podcast last week and I feel bad. I didn't realize until just within the last day or two that I didn't even post anything saying not even Merry Christmas, but just, uh, nothing about no podcast last week. Unfortunately, getting into the, um, Christmas weekend, I was feeling pretty under the weather. And as you can tell tonight, I'm still not completely over it. Um, but I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, for those that did reach out, I appreciate it. Uh, yes, I am feeling better. Honestly, I, I feel better than I even sound. Um, so, uh, yeah, like I said, I hope everybody had a great Christmas. Obviously, um, you know, it, uh, it sucks that, you know, it had to happen coming into the Christmas weekend, but you know, Guy, you know I wasn't going to leave you guys hanging with the last episode of 2022. So, like I said, just here for the beer. Like I said, um, we are not doing a beer tonight. So, uh, for those that do know me closely, um, know my wife had a birthday this last month. And she got a, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it correctly. I want to say it's the Bart, the Bart, Bartitian. Um, it's, uh, one of those like Keurigs for adult drinks, essentially. And uh, I'm doing one of those tonight. So not only did Cassie's family get her this, but they got her a holiday collection and another set. And we tried, um, some tonight and I went ahead and tried my favorite one. It's called the, Gosh, I can't even see it here. Sorry. It's called the Holiday Spiced Old Fashioned. It's their festive twist on an old fashioned with notes of cinnamon and holiday spices. And I got to say, I can, despite, you know, still kind of getting over this, you know, nasally congestion shit. Um, I can taste some of the cinnamon. And truthfully, it's nothing against partition it's probably because i'm not 100 healthy yet i like it like for again that for those that know me i love old fashions i love manhattans and it's a good old-fashioned i'm a little disappointed i thought again it's probably because of my sinuses and stuff like that but i thought you know between the cinnamon and the holiday spices it was going to have you know a little bit more of a holiday spirit kind of taste to it um so yeah, again, I, I'll probably have to give this one another go once the sinuses and everything are 100% cleared up, but as far as old fashions are concerned, if you like old fashions, you got to get one of these Bartesians and um, try this holiday spice one. Like I said, again, the the sinuses probably aren't doing it justice, um, but like a lot of people know, it's hard to mess up an old fashioned or a Manhattan. I like it. Um, I struggle with my ratings because, like I said, I, I'm a little disappointed. I can't taste more of it. Again, I don't know if it's because of it or if it's because of the sinuses. But because I like old fashions, I'm just going to go ahead and give it a 
I'll give it a solid 7.5. Like I said, it's very hard to screw up an old-fashioned. It's still a very, very good taste tasting old-fashioned. One of the things I can taste, like I said, is cinnamon. Um, so, yeah, it is very good. Um, for those that also want to are curious, my wife and I tried the Festive Rum Punch. It's a rum-based punch with notes of cranberry, orange, and holiday spices. And I have to say with, um, excuse me, the taste that she gave me, it it wasn't my favorite. I don't, I'm not particularly a rum person. I, again, alcohol, like I'll drink it. It's, rum's not my favorite though. Um, it's very sweet. I will say it's very sweet. So, uh, excuse me. So for those that have these and have tried them, let me know what you think of them. Um, you know, it is right after the holidays though. So we unfortunately didn't have the garnishes for all this stuff. Um, but yeah, for those that do have them, let me know what we should be getting next. I've been looking at their website and it looks like you can get a shit ton of different shit from the website itself. I'm assuming you can get all of these, if not more from Amazon as well. So like I said, for those that do have these, let me know what we should be checking out next. And for those that don't, go check them out. Um, they are, if you go online, I know they're not super duper cheap, um, but it's really cool. They have um, a partnership with Shop Pay, so you can pay in installments of three or four, so if you're interested. So <clears throat> yeah, definitely, definitely. I urge you guys go check them out. You can check them out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. They also are on Pinterest, YouTube, and TikTok. And it is Bartesian.com, B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N. So that is what we have for just here for the beer tonight. Um, moving on to Tommy Town. So um, once again, I know it's been you know, two weeks since we've been on here last, but for those that do not recall, um, neither of the men's or women's hockey teams have been in action yet. They are both on their holiday breaks. Um, the, uh, the men's team is actually gearing up for a game tomorrow, uh, a non-conference game tomorrow in Duluth against the University of Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs. So that should be a tilt. Um, and that will be on 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can watch that on nchc.com uh, for those that are interested. Uh, and like I said, for the, the women's team, they have not been in play as well as both of them are on, excuse me, their holiday breaks. The, um, the women's team have been off for a while now and are gearing up to get going on January 6th, hosting RIT. Um but for those that are interested, both the men's and women's basketball teams are in action tonight. Uh, the men's team is uh, taking on their third Summit League opponent of the year. They're at South Dakota. Um, taking, Like I said, taking on South Dakota. Well, the women's team is at home taking on... <coughs> Uh, South Dakota, the, uh, the women's team is currently trailing in the third quarter. 
while the men's team is uh, up 60 to 50 early on in the second half. It's actually worth noting getting ready for this podcast today. Um, I I saw a note that St. Thomas, it's it's still a very early season. You know, we haven't even hit, um, we haven't even hit, uh, you know, the new year. And St. Thomas has only played two conference games. But St. Thomas is sitting atop the um, the Summit League standings. They're currently first. Uh, they're two and zero. And uh, North Dakota State is 0-2. Everybody is either 1-0 or 0-1. Uh, but St. Thomas has an overall record already of 11-4. Only Oral Roberts is the only other team in the conference that has an overall record with at least double-digit wins of 8-3. Um, and then from there, Western Illinois is third with 8-4. and four. And then all of a sudden, you go all the way down from that to Omaha's fourth with a five and eight record. So once again, um, you know, very early in, in the season, but a great place for the St. Thomas men's basketball team to be. Um, you know, like we said, this team is, has kind of been surprising people uh, from the get-go this season. And um, one of the things we're going to talk about next weekend is kind of looking at a lot of the teams that have played, kind of their jump from 2021 to 2022. And I got to say, this um, this men's basketball team definitely has to be the top of the teams that have been, uh, have been uh, performing uh, better this year than last year. So my hat's off to them, and I hope they can... Uh, Keep this up for so for those that are interested, like I said, they got this game tonight at South Dakota, and then on Saturday they will be um, at South Dakota State in Brookings for a two p.m. game on New Year's Eve before having a couple days off and then hosting Denver the night of the next podcast. So that is what we have for them, and then for the women's team, the opposite. So. They'll be hosting South Dakota State 1 p.m. on New Year's Eve. And then they'll be um, at, in Denver, Colorado, taking on Denver at 7 p.m. on the night of the next podcast. So good luck to both of those teams. We actually have some volleyball news uh, for you volleyball lovers out there. Excuse me. Earlier today, the St. Thomas Volleyball Team recognized four student athletes on the 2022 College Sports Communicators All Academic and All District Team for Division One Volleyball. The first one is, excuse me, sophomore Lauren Galvin of Woodbury, Minnesota. She holds a 3.65 GPA while majoring in psychology. She previously made the Summit League All Newcomer Team back in 2021 in her freshman year. And since joining the Tommies, she has totaled 656 kills, 56 aces, 444 digs, and 64 blocks. Galvin led St. Thomas and ranked 10th in the Summit League with 3.12 kills per set in 2022. So congratulations to her. Uh, the second was Junior Ellie Dahman of Waconia, Minnesota. She holds a 3.91 GPA while majoring in operations and supply chain management. Dahman totaled 160 blocks, 52 digs, 
263 kills throughout her career at St. Thomas. So congratulations to her. And then third is junior Kerry Ricard of Benson, Minnesota, who holds a 3.87 GPA. She totaled 188 kills, 80 blocks throughout her collegiate career. And then last but not least, graduate student Carrie Rutledge of Hayfield, Minnesota, holds a 3.88 undergraduate GPA while majoring in exercise science. Rutledge has totaled 690 digs, 33 aces, 112 assists during her time at St. Thomas. So congratulations to all four of them, and we hope uh, good things uh, for all four of them going forward. Uh, wrapping up Tommytown, uh, as for the football team, um, no no new news um, for them here. I know back on the 21st, it was National Signing Day, so they added 29 players to the um, uh, for the class of 2023. We're not going to go through um, all of them, but I will say the 29-man class is representing 11 states, includes multiple all uh, academic all state and academic all conference recipients. Some of their intended majors, it sounds like, is business, engineering, pre med, pre health science, computer science, uh, real estate, and education. Um, signees included 12 Minnesotans, most of them coming from the metro area high schools, five from Wisconsin, three from Illinois, two from Maryland and Nebraska, and other states. Um, as well so congratulations to that team um and then for those that love football as much as i do i did look into this so um it is worth noting that for the 2023 saint thomas football team they will be hosting the black hills state yellow jackets right now on saturday september 2nd and then they will be at south dakota coyotes on the 9th and at the Harvard Crimson on Saturday, 16th. Times are TB, uh, to be determined. The dates could still kind of go here and there, but we do know they will host Black Hill State, and they will go to South Dakota and Harvard Crimson as well. And then for those that are crazy like myself, if the um, if Saturday, uh, September 2nd, is the true start date, we only have 247 days until Tommy football again. <laughs> so, yes, that is what we have for Tommy Town this week, folks. So, before we get too far into the rest of the podcast, wanted to actually quick give a shout out while we're still kind of close to the topic of college sports to the Minnesota Golden Gophers uh, football team. Totally spaced today that they had their bowl game. Uh, the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl against the Syracuse Orange. I I don't know why, but for some reason, I thought I remember seeing they were playing on New Year's Eve or on the 30th, um, but totally slipped it. Didn't get a chance to watch a lick of it. <coughs> Excuse me. But nonetheless, they won it. Uh, they finished the season 9-4. and four. Uh, They beat the Syracuse Orange uh, 28 to nothing. Uh, it was kind of a slow start. Um, as the first score did not happen until about a minute into the second quarter. Quarter, Mohamed Ibrahim got back on his shit, uh, th- uh, ran another touchdown. Uh, Daniel Jackson 
um, took a pass from Tanner Morgan in the second quarter as well, um, as well as in the third quarter. And then the fourth touchdown was Coleman Bryson, who took a interception 70 yards to the house. Apparently, it's the first pick, pick six the Gophers have ever had in a bowl game. So shout out to you, Coleman Bryson. That's awesome. <coughs> Excuse me. So, um, yeah, the uh, the Gophers, like I said, finished nine and four. Um, when the bowl, uh, their bowl game, I think, or I know, um, PJ Fleck was uh, perfect in bowl games. I want to say he's either four and zero or five and zero now. So shout out to you guys. Um, super awesome. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what uh, next year holds. So you guys are going to think I'm lame. Um, our shout out this week is still going to be Partesian. Um, I've been looking around recklessly. We're going to do better in 2023. I promise you guys know, I love my local business shout outs. Um, Bartesian, um, really cool. Like I said, they're essentially Keurigs for adults or for adult drinks, um, go get them. You can literally use any alcohol. You fill them up in little canisters. You put like little K cups in there, like you will with Keurigs, and they make up the drinks. And the first couple that we've tried are really good. So go check them out. Like I said, Bartesian.com, B A R T E S I A N.com. You can find them on all your social media platforms as well. So with that, we will get going into our um, professional sports. So <clears throat> getting ready for today, I actually um, took a look into it. And we do actually have some news within the last two weeks for our Minnesota Twins. Uh, for those that didn't see this, the Twins reached a one-year $11 million deal with outfielder Joey Gallo. Uh, Joey Gallo is 29 and was a uh, prized trade deadline acquisition for the Yankees in uh, August of 2021, but never really found his footing in the Bronx. Um, the Yankees sent him to the Dodgers at the 2022 deadline. Um, and uh, yeah, his, his batting average never has been a hallmark for Gallo. He's a career 199 hitter, but before his trade deadline to New York, he established himself as one of the archaeal, like, three true outcomes player homering walking or striking out in more than 58% of his plate appearances um so again you know 29 you know still young you know in terms of uh baseball age so you know i hope we can get some uh good stuff out of him still so um you know congratulations to him can't wait to see him uh at the plate and hopefully he can uh, bring a spark to this offense and uh, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Um, moving on uh, the Minnesota wild. Um, they're currently playing the Dallas stars are tied one, one at the end of two periods. Uh, both teams scored in the first period. Um, but man, they've been, they've been surging lately. I was watching a game the other night, uh, want to say it was the San Jose or the Anaheim game and they're literally the one of the best teams if not the best team since December uh they lost they beat Winnipeg uh two nights ago and then um but other than that I mean 
they they've essentially won what one two three four five six they won six in a row before losing to San Jose so of their last eight games they've won seven of them um and they're really starting to click and truthfully they still don't have some of their guys back they got some different lines going about you see Hartman out there with um Boldy and Goudreau which is a little different. You see Sam Steele on that top line with Zuccarello and Kaprizov, and it's working. You know, Reeves is doing his thing. Um, Spurgeon, you know, scoring goals. Um, you um, you got to like everything going on on this wild team, honestly. And and, and truthfully, um, going into 2023, I don't think you could ask for much. You know, once again, they are in a tough um central division you know you hope they're playing the stars tonight who technically are the first players in the division so you hope they can um you know get the full two points and go up to 44 points while dallas stays stagnant at 48 um but i mean they're right up there you know in terms of uh in terms of one of the being one of the better teams um so whether it's, you know, Spurgeon, Joel Eriksson Ek, uh Kuroko Pritsov, I mean at this point Philip Gustafson and Marc Andre Fleury, it seems like are freaking interchangeable as, you know, the as uh Marc Andre Fleury has twelve wins, Gustafson's right behind him with eight. Um you know, I mean both of them have a uh above 900 save percentage uh goals against average um of 2.85 for flurry and 2.34 for gustafson so you know again it seems like a lot of teams are kind of going towards this two goalie um strip and for us i think truthfully we shouldn't or we couldn't be happier with where we're at with both these guys so um I'm super happy with this team. I got a lot of questions about, you know, what I think of this team kind of <clears throat> going into 2023. And, you know, it's going to be a dogfight for them. You know, they got uh, Dallas or they got uh, St. Louis um, on uh, on uh, New Year's Eve. You go up against Tampa Bay, Buffalo, and then you got St. Louis again, New York, New York, Arizona, Washington, Carolina. So, Again, we talked about this preseason with my brother. There's a lot of great teams in the league right now. Um, so in order to be one of the top teams, you got to continue to beat uh, teams and good teams in that. So, um, yeah, again, I like what there's, th this team is at. Obviously, they still got you know a long way to go um, as it's not even 2023 yet. But um, a lot of good things coming, I believe. So. Yeah, for those that are interested, like I said, on um, five at five p.m. on the thirty-first, they will be in St. Louis, and then on Wednesday, January fourth, they will be hosting the Tampa Bay um, Lightning, and those are the only two games that they have on the docket uh, before the next podcast. And then, similar to uh, the Tommies men's and women's uh, hockey teams, the. Uh, the Whitecaps are enjoying a little bit of time off before they get back into the swing of things as they will be in Buffalo uh, to take on the Buffalo Buttes on Saturday, January 7th and Sunday, January 8th. Um, so next up, we have our Minnesota Timberwolves. 
Um, and I actually had a specific question from a fan. Um, Benji wanted to know, Jack, did you see the game against the New Orleans Pelicans? If so, did you see the play um, at the end of the game where Zion, quote-unquote, stole the ball and essentially won the game? Did you think that should have been a foul? And, you know, first and foremost, like I've talked, like I talk about a lot on this podcast, I appreciate your question, Benji. It's a great question. Um, my answer is probably going to be um, not a popular one. Um, should it have been in a foul? <clears throat> I'm going to break it down into uh, for you here, Benji. Should it have been a foul? Probably. You know, you look at the you look at the um, replay, and he kind of got a hold of him. And not only that, but it also looked like he double dribbled and he traveled. So there's a lot that could have been called on Zion on that play. With that said, though, the Minnesota Timberwolves with with the likes of Rudy Gobert, Jade McDaniels, um, freaking Anthony Edwards, Jalen Noel, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, guys like that, like not to dismiss this New Orleans team because they're number one right now in the Western Conference. Um, but this is again, I've brought this up before, and it's a little less than common uh theory where yes, there's some there's something that probably should have been called. I'm not really hanging my head on that though, because the Timberwolves in my opinion, there were many instances throughout the game where they could have gotten defensive stops, where they could have gotten defensive rebounds, where there was an offensive rebound given to New Orleans, you know, easy buckets. There were many instances for the Timberwolves to make it so that a last second play like that does not affect the outcome of the game. You know, it's not an unpop it's not a popular opinion. I'm not going to lie, Benji. I am frustrated about this outcome. This loss to the Pelicans makes it, what, four? Yeah, four in a row. And um, two of them are games that they probably should have won. You know, they probably should have beat Miami. They probably should have beat New Orleans. <clears throat> and if they did, they'd be 18 and 19 right now, you know, <clears throat> or 18 and um, 18 and 17. So, you know, it's it's frustrating, but this... This team needs to be better, you know, uh, defensively, you know, plain and simple. Zion Williamson is a dog. I'm not, I'm not taking that away from him. I'm not taking anything away from teams that we've played. But you look at this game specifically, and um, we got out-rebounded 43-35 to in this game. Um, you know, I mean, that's one of the things I look at, you know, points in the paint, not much of a factor there, you know, total turnovers. The um the Pelicans had 15 turnovers, we turned that into 16 points. We had 11 turnovers, they turned that that into 24 points. Like that's a big key right there, you know. We didn't commit that many turnovers, but they made us pay for those turnovers. So, you know, there's things game in and game out that you can do so that the game doesn't come down to a last 
second decision. Um, but that's neither here nor there. You know, like I said, point blank, this team is not as good defensively as I thought they were going to be. They're still trying to catch, you know, they're still trying to find themselves defensively. They're currently a game and a half out. Um, they're currently a game and a half out of the 10th spot, um, in the standings in 11th place. Um, you know, and they got a couple tough games coming up. Um, tomorrow they are in Milwaukee for a 7 PM game against Giannis and the Bucks. And then the very next day they come back home and they host the Detroit, um, Pistons. And then Monday, the January 2nd, they host the Denver Nuggets, which would be a tough game. And then January 4th um, is their third of their four-game homestand uh, against Portland at 7 p.m. So, I mean, like I said, this this team, this isn't a bad team. They're in a precarious position where, you know, you're 16 and 19. Uh, you're 16 and 19, you know, a couple, you know, if they can find a win, way to win these next two games, they can go into 2023, 17, and 19. But, um, you know, this team's just got to find a way to be better defensively. They've got to make uh, better passes, less turnovers. And, you know, I think if they do all three things, they can be just as good as anybody else in the league. So um, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. So... Now on to our last topic, which we have a lot to talk about, people. So, um, in terms of Vikings NFL, I have a bone to pick with um, the NFL as a whole. The um, most uh, analysts... Um, not, it's not necessarily the not giving the Minnesota Vikings credit, but I have some facts I want to hit you guys with. Everybody is so quick to, oh, the Vikings have played 11, you know, one score games. They're 11, you know, they played 11 one score games. Oh my God. Like they can't blow anybody out. Guess what? Guess what? They're 11 and oh. In one score games. Okay. The fucking NFL's precious. Um, actually, before I get into that. So 11 and 0. So I want to make one thing clear. You know, this team minus. Minus their. Uh, their thumping of the Packers in week one. Um have failed to been able to, you know, beat a team by more than eight points. But what what I will say is I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, it is tough year week in and week out to be able to watch these games and have them come down to the last minute. But the bottom line is this come playoff time. Excuse me. I trust a team that has been in one game, one point um, single possession scenarios more than a team that hasn't okay so like i said now we're going to jump into this a lot of people are really quick to tell you the vikings have played in um in 11 one possession games not only are they 11 and 0 in those games but here are a list of teams that are 
in nine that have been in nine to seven one possessions games that you don't fucking hear about. Um, let's start with Kansas City. They've been in nine one possession games. They're six and three in those games. Tampa Bay has been in nine as well. They are four and five in those games. Uh, Cincinnati has been in eight. They are five and three in those games. Buffalo has been in eight. They've been five and three in those games. And the NFL's fucking beloved Green Bay Packers have been in eight one possession games. Eight of them. They are three and five. Three and five. Okay? So remember this because I'm going to add a couple more. Philly's been in seven. They're six and one. Dallas has been in seven. They're five and sorry about that. They're um, five and two. So, you know, again, you know, a lot of people don't even talk about the wins. They just talk about the fact that the Vikings have been in so many one possession games where at the same time, it's like it shouldn't fucking matter as long as they have the wins, you know? So they're winning the close games. And the reason I bring up... Um, the the fact that the Packers are three and five in one possession games it brings me to my next uh, question we had, and I had like three or four people ask me this, so they wanted to know Jack as of right now, as of right now, who would you rather play first round of the playoffs, the Packers or the Lions? And I want to make one thing completely apparent we're we're hosting either of these teams so it took me a while to come to this conclusion because I thought to myself well you know the Packers are riding a three-game win streak you know they beat two teams that don't really fucking matter and one team that you know they only beat because they got gift rafted three interceptions in a row um but I'm going with the Green Bay Packers um the Packers don't scare me a ton even though part of me can't help but think the NFL is not going to let them lose this game this upcoming week. Um, <clears throat> but I, the reason I say this is because of their one possession games, but also because they've been just so inconsistent. You know, they can be really good. They can be really bad. They've lost to some teams that are bad. They've beaten some teams that are bad. They've beaten some teams that are supposed to be good. They've lost to some teams that are supposed to be good. It's <clears throat> it's a crapshoot. Now, for me, the Lions are a different scenario. The Lions have an electric offense that um, has beaten us once already. And if inside, even on the road, you know, can get going and get doing some things. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say the Packers because, like I said, I think, you know, hosting the Packers, I like our chances a little more than I like the Lions. I think if we see either of them in the first round, um, we're going to beat them. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so... Uh, talking about uh, this last uh, Giants game a little bit. So, you know, it was definitely one of those games where we, we kind of got going in that first half. Once again, kind of got stagnant in the third quarter. 
allowed the Giants to kind of get back into the game. Um, you know, and then, you know, literally, literally went from there. I mean, you know, in the game's first, you know, what, 20, 25 minutes, we were up 10, nothing. Um, Daniel Jones threw a nice pass to Isaiah Hodgins, you know, 10, seven, but then you let, you know, again, it's, you know, you bend, don't break, you know, we let up, um, you know, we got beat six, nothing in that third quarter. And again, it's one of those things you take that third quarter away and we win this game. What? Uh, 18. Yeah. 18 to uh, 27. And again, you know, not another one possession game for everybody to talk about, but, um, uh, yeah, uh, once again, came down to a Greg Joseph field goal, you know, um, another game that came down to, you know, you had to watch the entire thing to really see what was going to happen. Um, fourth quarter was, you know, very, <coughs> very back and forth that Saquon Barkley touchdown that tied the game was Ennis and the two point conversion will fucking sucked. Um, but nonetheless, um, you know, it is what it is, you know, shit happens. Um, so before we get too much into the, um, the upcoming game against the Packers, I want to get into my locks and my, uh, upsets for week 17. So for week 17, and I gotta say, I've been doing really good guys. I know they're, um, you know, seven, 16 weeks in, we've done two no podcasts, but I have done really good with not um, picking two teams twice this year, and I am going to continue to ride that. So I was actually getting ready for the podcast and didn't realize I have not picked Kansas City for a lock yet. So, I mean, yeah, they're going up against the Denver Broncos this year, which is um, literally a dumpster fire as we speak. Um, And they're 13 and a half point favorites. Um, what do you guys want me to say? The Broncos are literally um, playing consecutive road games. At this point, they're playing for nothing. Kansas City still has a chance at this top seed in the conference. The Broncos, like I said, are a mess, especially after firing Nathaniel Hackett. I don't think they get uh, the fired coach boost here. I really don't. The Chiefs are going to blow them out as Russell Wilson continues to struggle. I got the Chiefs winning this game 33-10 to over Denver. So that is my lock for the week. For my, um, for my upset, the NFC South is still very much alive. The... Panthers are three-point underdogs to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I got to say, this game, in my opinion, is likely for the division title. If the Bucs win, they're going to win the division. But if the Panthers win and then win next week, they win it. I right now believe Carolina is playing better football than the Bucs. 
But this is a tough, tough spot against Tom Brady on the road. Even so, I think Carolina is going to use their run game that ran for more than 300 yards versus the Lions to win this game. And I think the Panthers win in an upset 24-20 to over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that is what I have for this game. Um, <clears throat> or for my lock and for my upset. Um, as for this Minnesota Vikings um, game against the Green Bay Packers. Um, it'll be a good game. It's going to be in the afternoon. Um, and a lot of people are talking about it's very much a game that is going to come down to game time regard to who is going to play. A lot of ple- people, a lot of people are led to believe that um, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Saints game at noon will affect what Kevin O'Connell does. And um, honestly, I think I I don't know how much stake I put in, put into that. I think for the most part, maybe if the Eagles do win and lock up the number one seed this week, maybe he only plays JJ, maybe he only plays Thielen, Cook, some of those guys for a half. I don't know. Um, I I've been doing a good job this year of keeping to my preseason predictions. I had this game as a loss. Um, the you know the Green Bay Packers aren't going up against a Miami team with a concussed quarterback. I'm I'm switching this week, and I got us winning this game again. It's going to be a close one. It's going to be a thirty to twenty four game uh, that I got the Vikes winning. Um, but um, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. I think I I I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be thirty to twenty four for the last five or six minutes. So I don't think it's going to be like, oh, you know, the Vikings, you know, you know, are just winning, or oh, the Packers are just making it a game. Um, I think it's going to be thirty to twenty four for you know a good chunk of that last half of the fourth quarter. I got. I think part of this game is going to be running the football effectively. I think Dalvin has for my offensive prediction, has a 100-plus yard game. I think he goes off. Um, And we have a good interior with Delvin Tomlinson and those boys to um, help help against this rushing game between Aaron Jones and, um, gosh, who's who's their second runner that they got? Uh, I can't even remember. Uh, A.J. Dillon. Um, But, yeah, so... I got us winning this game defense. I think it is going to hold Rodgers to under 250 yards in route to us um, winning this game 30 to 24. A lot of people also don't know this. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, the Vite, or, you know, if the Green Bay win this game, you know, it's going to be huge for them. No, it's not. Like, coming into this game, I was watching a video before this podcast. Coming into week 17, the Packers have a 37% chance of making the playoffs. The Viking or the Packers not only need to win out, win their last two games, but they also need help. They either need the Giants to lose their last two games, who the Giants in their final two games are playing the Colts and the Eagles. 
um, or the Commanders, and they need the Commanders to lose one of their next two games who are against the Browns and the Cowboys. So for those that think, oh, you know, the Packers just need to win out and they're fine, they're not. They they have less than a 50% chance to make the playoffs right now, and I think the... uh, the uh, Vikings close that door quickly on Sunday. So with that, I want you guys to remember that this podcast is about you guys, the listeners. If you have a topic you want me to address or a question you want me to answer, please reach out on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or by emailing us. Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram handles are at MiniWeekend, and email is MiniWeekend at gmail.com. That's M-I-N-N-Y-W-E-E-K-E-N-D at gmail.com and be sure to let us know if you'd like to stay anonymous with your questions as well also find us and give us a follow on instagram and twitter where there are giveaways and you can stay up to date on all things mini weekend and lastly make sure you hit that subscribe button to get notified of the new episode as soon as it comes out i hope everybody has a wonderful new year's and a great new year's eve stay healthy and safe and tell until next time mini